This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How is it going, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine, postseason edition. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Josh Schaefer. Josh, I know uh, for some reason the Ontario rain with the season coming up, they may be uh, spending more on the team than they are on the Wi-Fi, so your connection may be a little shoddy. But uh, how are we doing over there as we uh, get ready for the playoffs and for the start of the Ontario rain season? Well, the audio seems to be working okay, at least I think so. So I feel like that's definitely what's most important right now. But so far, so good. Um, just getting ready for our season over here and uh, kind of waiting these next couple of days until the NLCS or the NLDS rolls around. Yeah, so Josh's audio sounds absolutely perfect. But right now, how we're recording this, his like video is about on a 10-second delay. So Josh, literally, right as you were done speaking your video showed you just beginning to talk. So it's going to throw me (laughs) off a little bit, but your audio sounds good. So that's the most important thing. So yeah, we're going to have a quick episode today. We're going to have another episode later in the week where we talk about our NLDS roster predictions, more of a breakdown and preview for the upcoming postseason series today. We're going to be talking about the Dodgers season as a whole, kind of just recapping what went down the last couple of weeks. We're also, Josh, going to be revisiting our bull predictions and our hot takes from all the way at the beginning of the season. I know you had a couple of big ones. I had a couple of big ones. We're going to take a look at them, see how they turned out. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get to all of that, make sure you guys find the show, follow the show, on whatever social media app you guys use. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Inside the Ravine. You guys can also watch the full episodes over on YouTube. Just search in Inside the Ravine over there. You guys can also listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple, and we're on the Odyssey app because the show is brought to you by Odyssey Sports. So, Josh, why don't we just kick things away? Because I, I really want to get to these, our bold predictions, our hot takes, all that fun stuff. I'll throw it to you. I, I know you had a couple. I had a couple. If you want, you can share whatever ones you had, or if there was one that hit that you're really proud of, you can kind of share that one as well. But I'm going to turn the floor over to you because uh, this should be fun because I have no recollection of what yours were uh, to start the season. To be honest, I didn't even remember what mine were. I remember one I made, but I don't even remember the other one. So uh, take it away. Well, I wrote them all down on a post-it note, which I thought would be funny to bring back instead of a, a nice, like, like sheet of notes and all that that I had for the podcast I thought it would be funny if I just wrote them on a post-it and that's what I did and it's been sitting on my desk since March when we recorded this episode so some of these look pretty good I'm not gonna lie some of these are bad some of these are very very bad so we did um 
talk about you know Cy Young voting and ML and uh, and MVP voting. We're going to stay away from the Cy Young voting for um, for obvious reasons, but at least in terms of the NL MVP, I said that Mookie Betts would win it outright. Obviously, right now we don't have a winner yet, um, but Mookie put himself in a pretty good position to to do just that. Um, obviously Mookie Betts, 39 home runs, 107 RBIs this year, hit above 300. His OPS this year was at a whopping 987. So Mookie certainly is going to be in the conversation. Um, I think you should win it, but again, you know, when your competition is Ronald Acuna Jr., um, it's not going to be super easy, but we'll hold off and we'll see what happens there. Um, I also said that the Dodgers would rebound from last year's um, series with uh, the Padres in the postseason and win the season series convincingly, um, which they did. They were nine and four against the Padres this year. They just continued their regular season dominance against San Diego. Um, obviously, the Padres aren't in the playoffs this year, so I mean that we could do an. I know there's a Dodgers show. We could do an entire show on what happened with the Padres this year, um, and I just don't think we have the time for that. But the Padres after everything that they had said in the off season and how they were planning a parade, they didn't make the playoffs this year. So at least in that sense, the Dodgers aren't going to be eliminated by the pods this year in the NLDS. So they win the series with the Padres in 13 games. They were nine and four against the pods in the regular season. I also said that the Dodgers would have a longer postseason run than they did last year. Now we still have to wait and see about that one. The next one that I said here, this one was one that I actually was pretty bold with. Um, and I was excited to see what would happen. And I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I thought this was on track to hit except for one. And now I'm looking at it and I realize it wasn't as close as I thought. So my prediction early in the year, uh, before the season started was that six players on the 2023 Dodgers would hit more than 20 home runs. This is the one I remember you made. I I remember this one. Yes. I specifically named six players. And I even said, Blake, if it's six players and it's not these six, it doesn't count. So what I had said was that these six players would hit 20 home runs. Mookie Betts, who last year hit 35. Will Smith hit 24 last year. Freddie hit 21 last year. Muncie hit 21 last year. Trace Thompson, Mm -hmm. I said, would hit 20 home runs. And honestly, going into the season, not going to lie, I feel like this was a pretty good, you know, like I I thought this was a hot take, but not a scalding hot take because he hit 13 home runs in 74 games last year. Um, So he was my wild card. And he had three homers after the first like four games of the year this year. Exactly. So I was sitting pretty early on. Yeah, exactly. And then the one other one that I threw in, and I was actually very confident about this one, J.D. Martinez hit 16 home runs last year, but he also had all the doubles a year ago. And you and I, I thought, were both very confident that he would hit 20 home runs this year. So the Dodgers' home run stats this year. Mookie Betts, I said, would hit 20. He hit 39. Max Muncie, I said, would hit 20. He hit 36. J.D. Martinez hit 33. Freddie Freeman had an even better year than last year, hit 29. So that's four. That's my first four all hit. Okay. Here's where things start to derail. (laughs) Instead of Trace Thompson, who didn't last even 74 games with the Dodgers, James Outman hits 23 home runs for the Dodgers this year in 151 games. That's awesome. That was what I was thinking wasn't going to hit. I was thinking, oh, I said all six have to hit. If it's six and it's not these six, it doesn't count. That's what I thought was going to be the problem. Until the season came to a close, 
And I went and looked, and Will Smith selfishly hit 19 home runs this year. And not oh, what? 20. He didn't yep. hit 20 this year? Will Smith hit 19 home runs wow, in 126 games. I didn't realize it until the final game of the season that Will Smith Man. did not hit 20 home runs. So I, I came close. Oh. I think the main four that I really thought were going to hit 20 hit 20. But obviously, I think Will Smith, you had to think, was going to hit that many. And he didn't. So I'm a little bit disappointed in that since the Trace Thompson thing. I've known for a while that one wasn't going to hit. Um, but I was thinking I was going to see if I could sneak back and, you know, go back on what I said and be like, well, it was still six, but it wasn't even six. It was only five. So disappointing. Man. Those are my hot takes for the season. And that was the big one that I had. Um, so those are my hot takes so far. It's not super off, but but we'll have to wait for a few more. Yeah, that Will Smith one blows my mind. Like I, I, I knew he was struggling, especially the last couple of months, but I didn't realize his home run numbers were that low. I just assumed he was in the 20s. I looked it up, and this even hurts you more, Josh, that over his last 22 games from the end of August through the end of the season, he had only two homers. Only two. So he was on, I mean, through the middle of August, he was looking good. Through, heck, through the All-Star break, he was looking good. But man, he... He cooled off at the end. I, that blows my mind that he had only 19. Because I thought you were about to say, I fell one short because something screwed you. Uh, I knew James Outman had 20, but I figured there was another one that didn't crack the list. So I, th I thought you were going to barely make it. But does do you get bonus points for Mookie almost hitting 40? Does that count as 20 for someone else, Josh? So do you technically hit it? No, no, because oh. he hit 35 last year. So okay. I, was, I knew that he would hit 20. But 39... It's pretty good. Man, That's pretty good. That's yeah. Yeah. So overall, I mean, not too bad. I mean, again, that one about the Dodgers going further than they did last year, that could still happen, but yeah, there's, there's some good ones though. And overall, I, 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 I thought that, I thought that 20 Homer one was going to hit with these. I mean, I guess it almost did, but, uh, Will Smith, 19 homers, man, he, he really cooled off Josh. Yeah. There is there is one that I want to get to, but that's going to be kind of a good segue into the next segment. So I'll share a couple of mine as well. One of them, the Dodgers have a Rookie of the Year winner. Now, if it wasn't for, you know, a certain outfielder on the Diamondbacks and a certain starting pitcher on the Mets, that would have been an easy runaway. But uh, James Atwin's probably going to finish uh, top three at least. But I did also add on it saying that there are going to be three players that finish inside top six of voting. James Atwin's going to finish inside the top six. It looks like Bobby Miller's going to finish inside the, inside the top six. If Ryan Pepio had a couple more games under his belt, I feel like he would have potentially finished inside the top six. He's been fantastic. We haven't really got a chance to talk about him too much. But Ryan Pepio, I don't know if he's going to get any Rookie of the Year votes. But man, again, if he had a couple more games, he would definitely be receiving some votes. So again, kind of like with you, a little close. A little close on this one. This is the one I'm kind of upset didn't hit, Josh. This was a fun one I did. Five pitchers will record at least five saves for the Dodgers. Uh, unfortunately that one didn't hit, but would you like to take a guess, Josh, as to how many players recorded at least one save for the Dodgers in 2023? Cause I had a number in mind. And when I saw this number, I, th I went, Oh, that is not the number I was expecting. I think it's a lot, right? Like, I think it's like yeah. 10. It's a good amount. It's a good amount. I'm going to go with 10. You were just off Josh. It's 11. 11 wow. different pitchers recorded a save for the Dodgers. Now, as always, I like to try to give you fun trivia. Would you like to take a crack at guessing the 11 Dodgers that recorded a save in 2023 for the Dodgers? Okay. Phillips, 
mm-hmm. Ferguson. Yep. Um, Phillips, Ferguson, um, Bruzdar. Um, you got the top three. Ryan Yarbrough. Yep, there you go. Daniel Hudson, Shelby Miller. Alex Vessia. Yep, Alex Vessia got one. I don't think Yancy Almonte has any. Uh, sadly, no. Yancy does not have. That a would be one year. that before the season I would have said yes, but after the season, I think the answer is no. Yeah. Um, I need four more. Uh, uh, right. Uh, yeah. Bra- four Brazier. more. Brazier. Brian Brazier. He has got one save. Now you need three more. I'll give you a hint. So you need three more. One guy has two saves. The other each have one save. Two, one, and one. One of the guys on here is no longer on the Dodgers, if that helps. He was released at some point this year. Ooh, wait, released or traded? Released. Ooh, so that takes out Phil Bickford then, right? Yeah, Bickford actually did not get one this year. He's not on the list. Okay. Okay, but two guys that are still around. Two guys Stone, that are still around. Gavin that, Stone. Yep. Gavin Stone got one. I think it was like a three and, inning or like four inning save, which may be yeah, a hint for then, the other guy as well. Yeah. So if it's okay, then the other one, not Pepio. Again, uh, the, the, this one, if it helps, he had to go length. It wasn't a one inning save. He he provided length Emma to Sheehan. get there. Yep. Emma Emma Sheehan. Sheehan. So that gives you 10 out of 11. So the one you're missing is a is a player that's no longer with us that recorded two saves this year. And if this one helps as well, I believe each one of those was also providing length to uh, get the saves. Oh, man. I, I, I... He had great hair. Fantastic hair. Great hair. I, I don't know. I don't know if I can get it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, ten out of eleven is not bad. That that's pretty good. Andre Jackson, Andre Jackson had. Two I never would have got. I, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But I, I just, I don't think I ever would have guessed that. It's a tough yeah, one. It, I mean, it's a tough one. So if that if he had two, but then the top three were Bruce Dar Ferguson and, um, and Phillips. He like th- that's the bulk right there. So he's probably. I feel like two is probably up the list, isn't it? See, I was even surprised because I knew I didn't have five get to five. I at least thought it was going to be closer than what this was. So Evan Phillips, he led the way with 24. Bruce Stark Gratterall had seven, which by the way, Bruce Stark Gratterall, I feel like we haven't really talked about him at one point this season. The dude can make the case for the best reliever in baseball this year. Josh, he finished the season with a 1.20 ERA, an ERA plus of 363. Like the dude was insane, but he had seven saves. Caleb Ferguson was in third with only three saves. And then a couple oh, of wow. players had two saves. So it was not even, like I said, I, I figured a couple might've been at five or right under it, but yeah, Andre Jackson, although he was released months and months ago, he's tied for fourth on the team with the Ryan Yarbrough with two saves. Yeah. And you know, you know, the Bickford thing was that, that long game against the twins when he went like three extra <laughs> innings, he got a win. He didn't get a save. So yeah. He gave That's, he gave up his arm not for a save yeah. but for a victory. Gave up but his I, Dodgers I, career for that game. But I was shocked. Like uh, Joe Kelly doesn't have a save since coming over to the Dodgers. Like you said, I know Yancy yeah. Almonte has been kind of up and down. I was shocked to see that Yancy Almonte didn't record one. I thought that maybe like Michael Grove would have recorded something since he's been coming out of the bullpen recently. Like Victor Gonzalez, Justin Brule. 
you know, all these random guys that they've had throughout the year, none of them recorded saves. So I didn't get my uh, five recording five saves, but hey, I got one. <laughs> I got one. So at least that was something. But Josh, my final go. bull prediction, my final bull prediction, which I kind of want to transition to, to talk about kind of for our next segment is just, this one is insane to me. And this was one of my bull predictions. Now, when I said this, I said it, you know, thinking this could happen. Sure. Anything can happen. The Dodgers could call me up and I could hit leadoff for them on Saturday. Will it happen? Most likely not. But my bold prediction, Josh, was that this Dodgers team would win 100 games in 2023. And they finished at exactly 100 wins. And it just is insane to me because out of everything that's happened this year, Josh, what if I were to go back in time to an, a March episode before the season begins and I were to lay all this out for you? Gavin Lux would miss the entire season with an ECL injury. Clayton Kershaw would miss about two months. Dustin May would miss most of the season. Tony Gonsolin would miss most of the season and be bad when he does pitch. Julio Urias would essentially be wiped off from the team's history, and whenever he pitched, he'd be horrible as well. Uh, they'd be relying on Jason Hayward, who was DFA'd by the Cubs, to be their right fielder. They'd be relying on production from a starting center fielder rookie in James Zaubman that we had no sample size of. And this is coming off of them winning 111 games where they lost Cody Bellinger, Trey Turner, Justin Turner, a whole bunch of other guys. Now, if I would have given you all that stuff, Josh, for the 2023 season, what would your guess have been as to how many games this team would end up winning? I mean, 80, maybe, maybe eight. Uh, I, you know, we, we talked about that they, that they would easily – they would make the playoffs. But, I mean, given all of those things, maybe 80 to 90 games. Because I know that you said 100. You had, you had 100 wins. I have my record written down right here, too. And it's a good record, but it's not that good. I, I had 92 and 70. Um, yeah. And, again, and that's, you know, taking Julio out of the mix. That's taken um, – you know, the, all the rookie pitchers that, that played, all the guys that missed times with time with injury, that's taking all of those out of the equation. But it is also including the guys that left, um, the guys that were no longer here, uh, Jason Hayward, Trace Thompson in the lineup. Like, it was taking those guys into account and thinking that they would be involved, and I was still saying 92 wins. But you take out the fact that all of the injuries that the team had, which obviously are expected. Like, injuries, you never know when they're going to happen, but they are – going to happen unfortunately um so you know i certainly did not expect 100 wins this year um i'm not incredibly surprised just because this team always figures out ways to do this and now it's what four consecutive full 162 game seasons of 100 wins or more um and that's unheard of yeah i mean they're actually the first team that's ever accomplished that they're the first team to win 100 plus games in yep. four consecutive uh, full seasons. And the thing that's annoying is in the condensed 2020 season, they were on pace to, I think, potentially win like 116. I think their winning percentage is like historically one of the best we've ever seen. So, and a few things I didn't even mention on that entire list, Josh, you kind of mentioned it briefly was the fact one of the things I'm adding, oh, the Dodgers are going to rely on, you know, a bunch of rookies. Rookie Bobby Miller is going to have to start 22 games. Uh, rookie Emmett Sheehan is going to have to start 13 games. Rookie Michael Grove is going to have to start 12 games. Uh, who else we got here? Who am I missing? Ryan Pepio. He's going to have to start eight games. Gavin Stone's going to have to start eight games. And not to mention as well, one thing I forgot as well, the Dodgers are going to be without arguably their two best relief options in Daniel Hudson and Blake Trinan. I guess technically we had Hudson back for two or three games, but you're also missing your top two bullpen pieces as well. So it, it's just insane thinking about all the things this team had to deal with, all the adversity they had to overcome. And yet 
second best team in baseball, 100 wins, one of the best teams in you know all baseball once again. Winning 100 games is not easy, as we've seen from all these other teams that couldn't do it this year. And I think this just goes to show, I know it's something we talked about in recent episodes, but if Dave Roberts isn't the slam dunk runaway manager of the year, I don't know what we're doing. Because again, I know we always say we can manage this team to 100 wins. Josh, given everything this team not had this to go year. through this year, yeah, I don't think we could have managed them to 100 wins. We could have maybe managed them to like 75, 80, but 100? Not with you and I. Even if the two of us were co-managers, I don't think we do that. We did every interview together. Yes. <laughs> every every interview we have to sit together, we'll hold hands and do a joint interview. There you go. So incredible. I mean, just an incredible season for the Dodgers. Again, they walk away with a division with these. They got the NLD is coming up. That's when the fun's going to begin. But I wrote an article on this the other day because I wanted people to kind of just take a step back before all this postseason craziness begins to just think back and reflect on how fun of a team this was this year how good of a team it was because I know we're probably going to base our thoughts on this team in regards to what happens in the playoffs, but this is one of the more fun teams I've gotten to experience in recent years. I loved it. And again, the fact that we entered the season, especially those first couple of weeks, Josh, and we were recording doomsday episodes every other week when the Dodgers were battling to stay above 500. I didn't think we'd be here. I thought we'd be talking about this upcoming wild card round because that's what the Dodgers we've played in, but winning the, winning the division with these, I, uh, I didn't think that'd be the case. So I'll just ask you, Josh, overall, like when looking at the season as a whole, what is kind of like your biggest takeaway? What is like kind of like the one thing that has impressed you the most from this 2023 Dodgers team? There's been no pressure. Like, I mean, that's what we talked about coming into the season is the pressure's gone. Like, hey, you know, the team is expecting, I I don't remember if we used the word rebuild year, but like this is going to be a buffer year. Team's going to be good. Yeah. Team's going to be competitive, but this is not going to be the Dodgers team where the where the expectation is World Series or bust. Next year, you know, we had talked early on the Dodgers are probably going to make a run at Shohei. They're going to go out and get somebody big next year, and maybe they can do that. And again, we saw all of these kind of low risk, high reward options for the Dodgers this year and the free agent signings, and you know, bringing in somebody like JD Martinez for a bargain, um, bringing in somebody like uh, Noah Syndergaard who obviously didn't work out, Jason Hayward who has. Uh, blown away expectations. You know, we thought that they were going to be competitive with all of these lower kind of um, deals that they had signed. And then also we said the same thing at the trade deadline where they were bringing in all of these low risk, high reward type guys, Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, Kike Hernandez, uh, Ahmed Rosario. It all worked. All of them worked. Right. And on top of that, not only were they kind of budgeting and doing all these bargain deals, but there also didn't seem to be very much pressure. And there's that meme that yeah. I feel like floats around all the time of like the Padres are have this poor of a record with spending all this money and getting all these guys. And then it's the photo of like Freddie and Mookie high-fiving. And it's like versus the Dodgers, 100 wins thanks to the power of friendship. And it's a joke, but it's <laughs> funny. But it's like – and it's yeah. like but that's kind of like what this team has been. There's been no pressure. There has been just – go out and play baseball. And that seems to be what's worked so well for the Dodgers this year, which again, like I I said in the hot takes, like, of course I did not expect the Dodgers to win a hundred games this year. Um, But I said that they would have a longer postseason run than they did last year because there's no pressure. And now we're here and I'm confident that we're going to see the same thing. Like I I don't expect this hot take to change in my head at all. Like I think I'm not saying they're going to win the world series, but I think the Dodgers have a much better postseason performance this year and a longer run than last year because there's no pressure because they got this far dealing with what they had to deal with. Um, And now they're here and it seems like they're ready to go. 
Yeah, there was there was an article yesterday. I don't have it in front of me, so I forget what exactly how it was worded, but it was something along the lines of it was, it was from Max Muncy, and he pretty much said like, yeah, the difference this year is we're having fun. Like last year and previous years, we weren't having the fun we were supposed to have. And this year, things have completely shifted. And, you know, we've seen that with the dancing celebrations they've had and just overall the interactions and everything we've seen from this team. So, again, months ago, we were saying, is this a coincidence that because this team's having so much fun, they're winning a lot of games? Sure, that may play a role in it. But, yeah, what a year for the Dodgers. Again, whatever happens in the postseason, you got to just tip your hat and uh, really appreciate what they did. Because, yeah, this was supposed to be, like you said, Josh, a rebuilding slash buffer year, something like that expectations weren't high potentially 85 90 wins at the most but they went 100 second best team in all of baseball josh before we take a quick break uh we're gonna do our quick wild card picks uh when we do our next show we're gonna talk about our full playoff predictions our bracket all that kind of stuff but there are a couple of wild card games that are actually starting today all four of them start today one game is already kicked off i'm just gonna go through the four matchups you tell me who you think comes out of those three game series and then i'll give you mine the first one the rangers and the rays Rangers and Rays is interesting. I do think we actually have a lot of really good um, series here. Uh, for the Rangers, this is a team that probably could have won their division. Um, there were three teams in the mix in the AL West. Obviously, the Rays are one of the best teams in baseball. <laughs> and uh, in any other division in baseball would be division champs. I'm going to take the Rays over the Rangers. I think it's going to be a good series, but um, – I feel like I have to take the Rays with confidence just because the Orioles had an unbelievable season and uh, and the Rays are literally one of the best teams in baseball and lost out on their division race because the because the Orioles are that good. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Yeah, like you said, all of these matchups are actually pretty, pretty good. I feel like these American League ones are even better than the National League ones, though. And this, in my opinion, is the toughest one between the Rays and the Rangers because both of these teams could have and should have won their divisions. I'll go with the Rays, though. I think they're the overall better team. I think they'll get it done. Next one, Josh, the Blue Jays and the Twins. This is an interesting one, too, because I feel like we've kind of laughed about the AL Central the last couple of years just being kind of boring. But um, and, and I just feel like, I feel like the twins have been quietly pretty good this year, actually um, expected a lot more from Toronto. Um, but look, the, the twins ended the season kind of on a little bit of a run. They lost their last game, but they finished winning seven of their last 10. Um, I'm going to take the twins. The twins. I don't know if you've heard this, Josh, like I knew that they were having a bad streak, but I think I saw something. They've lost 18 consecutive playoff games going yeah. back over the last 20 years. Like, how how is that possible? How do you yeah, lose eight consecutive playoff games? I, I was yeah. blown away. I, again, I th I thought it was like nine games, maybe ten. Not not double that. I think the Twins are due. Uh, I do like that they're at home playing a Blue Jays team that kind of underperformed this year. So I'm going to go with the Twins. I, I think they can finally get over the hump, get those victories to get them to the next round. All right, Josh, this is when things get exciting. Uh, I'll kick things off with the Marlins and the Phillies. This is another fun one too. Uh, the best part about it is it's a it's a it's an NL East matchup here. Uh, two teams that played against each other a lot. Um, so I, I'm definitely interested in seeing what happens here. Um, I like the Phillies though. I mean, the Phillies also won seven of their last ten games to end the season. Uh, they've scored over a hundred more runs this year than the Marlins, and also allowed fewer runs. Um, so I, I'm, I, I'm going to go with the Phillies. 
The Phillies seems like the only kind of like no brainer pick on here, just because of how good of a team they are. The Marlins have a kind of a lot of unknowns. I think they're missing Sandy Alcantara for the series. So I'm going to go with the Phillies, but again, it's a divisional matchup. Who knows how things can shape out. All right, Josh, the final one, the most important one on today's list, because that's a, who the Dodgers are going to face in the next round. That is the Diamondbacks and the Brewers. I look, and I'm not just saying this because, um, because the winner of this series plays the Dodgers, but I really do think this is the toughest one to pick um, because the, the D-backs were just so good. Um, at the start of the season, and obviously things didn't work out for them. But it's an 84-win D-backs team against, uh, you know, a team in the Brewers who won their division. They won 92 games. They actually had the exact record that I predicted the Dodgers to finish with this year, 92-70. and Um, They just – they aren't very good offensively. They don't score a ton of runs. They scored more this year than the D-backs. They also allowed fewer this year than the D-backs. It's tough. I feel like my brain says Brewers. Also because the D-backs did lose four straight games. Like the reason the D-backs are in the playoffs, yes, they, they did have a good year. They won 84 games. But the reason they clinched was because everybody else lost. Yeah. Um, and the D-backs lost four straight games to end the season. So I don't. I don't feel very good about the D-backs, so I'm going to pick the Brewers. I think, I think I would also rather have the Dodgers play the Brewers personally, um, especially you know Woodruff's probably out for this first round series against the D-backs too. So that's up against them. There's just a lot of stuff that's kind of going against both sides. Um, but I think uh, I think I'm going to go with my gut and take the Brewers. I would kind of like to see the the D-backs win though just because how the season went down but i mean losing four in a row going into the playoffs and looking very bad while doing it um i don't know i'm gonna take the brewers and i think that they're gonna win these games by one run and no more than that because i don't have very much confidence in the brewers to score very many runs yeah it's a tough one because again like the brewers they're like you say without woodruff for this series potentially the next one so that hurts their starting rotation which has been their bread and butter their offense isn't great the d-backs like you said the only reason they kind of made the playoffs to begin with is because the cubs completely fell off the giants completely fell off so you know if those teams continue to play are the d-backs a playoff team it's only a three-game series so anything can happen I'm going to go with the Brewers just because I'm going to give the fact that a lot of these guys have been there before on the D-backs. I don't, Evan Longoria maybe has play, appeared in a playoff game, but outside of that, I don't know how many guys on the D-backs have much playoff experience. So I am going to go with the yeah. Brewers, but it, it's I tough will say because this. I, don't, I don't know who I'm with the Dodgers to face though, Josh. Also, that's my thing. I don't know who I'd prefer at this point. I, I, I don't feel know. like, I, I think, I think the Brewers are the better team. But if yeah. there's the possibility of Woodruff being out, you know, I do like the Dodgers playing against a team that doesn't score very many runs. And you know, I, I feel like I keep saying that, but like the Brewers, the Brewers do have an offense that's significantly worse than the Dodgers. It is not as good as the D-backs offense. Um, so, and the D-backs like are kind of creative offensively too. Um, so that's one thing, but you know, it's a three game series. Anything can happen. What I will say is in, Six games this year, two three-game series. The D-backs won both of them against the Brewers. Um, they won games one and three of both of those three-game series. So 
granted the last series between the two teams was in the third week of June. So it's been a little while and anything can happen. Um, but again, the D backs were very, the, the NL West was very different after the, uh, after the all-star break, obviously, especially for the D backs. So I'm interested to see what happens, but I am, I think my girlfriend's going to be so mad, but I think I'm going to take the Brewers. I also just don't want to deal with an NLTS with the Diamondbacks just because the first go around five or six years ago, that was so annoying. And I just want to avoid potentially losing to them at all costs. Like if the Dodgers were to lose to the Brewers in the NLDS, like I'll be upset, but it's like, all right, they lost to the Brewers. Can you imagine how insufferable it's going to be if the Dodgers get eliminated by the D-backs? Like it'd be tough. (laughs) It's going to suck. So I think, I think the, I think the D-backs are the easier matchup but I do think the Dodgers also have a chance against the Brewers. So I'll go with the Brewers. Give me that one as well. Josh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have a few questions we're going to answer, and then we'll wrap up this episode. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. All right, we are back. It's time to answer a few questions from our listeners. As always, if you guys have a question you'd like to ask for a future episode, make sure to follow us on Twitter. We always tweet out about 30 minutes before we record, asking you guys to submit questions. Josh, we got a couple we're going to get to before wrapping up this episode. The first question comes from Aaron. Do you have any concerns with the amount of lefties in the bullpen currently? Ryan Yarbrough is the only trusted one, with Ferguson and Vestia being shaky. So... Like he just mentioned, Ryan Yarbrough, he's looked good for the Dodgers. He kind of got roughed up in his last outing of the year, but he's pretty much a reliable guy you can count on that can give you multiple innings. Outside of that, your only options really are Alex Vesia and Caleb Ferguson. And as your number two and number three options, that kind of scares me a little, Josh. Yeah, it scares me a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what happens. Um I feel like come playoff time, I think that hopefully they'll start to figure it out a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not super worried about Ferguson for Vesia a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's a little bit of cause for concern. Um, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic going in, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, so it's tough with both of these pitchers. Like you look at Alex Vesia, his season as a whole was a little bit disappointing. Had an array of four and a half. But he did kind of turn things around in the second half, Josh, over his last 24 games. 
did have an ERA of 2.38. So he was showing signs of really kind of like turning a corner, looking like the Alex Fessia that we've grown accustomed to over the years. Meanwhile, with Caleb Ferguson, he finishes finishes his season with a three and a half ERA. But over his final, let's see here, 16 games, ERA of above seven. So mm-hmm. Caleb Ferguson has been really shaky. Honestly, at this point, I think I trust Vessia more than I trust Ferguson at this point. It's tough, though, because Caleb Ferguson was so good in the first half of the season where he was one of the Dodgers' best relievers. So both guys have been shaky, but I guess the good thing is you need them to be good for two games, maybe for three games. You need two or three good innings out of them. It's not like a starter where you need them to make multiple starts, go six or seven innings. You need three clean th- three clean innings out of each guy. So I'll, I'll, I'll stay optimistic, Josh, that they can get that from those two guys and that Ryan Yarbrough yeah. continues to shove as well. Um, let's see yeah. here. We got this from mad Dodgers fan. It's a, it's a fantastic name. What free agents slash player options do you see leaving the Dodgers after this season? So a couple of names that I want to mention, Josh, some guys that are free agents at the end of the year, I'm just going to rattle them off and you can let me know if you think they're going to return to the Dodgers or if you think this is going to be their final year, I'll start things off with probably the big one, JD Martinez. Yeah, I, I think that this is somebody that Dodger fans quickly fell in love with, um, especially considering he used to torch the Dodgers for half a year when he was with the D-backs. But I, I, I hate to say it, but I think I think JD is a player that will probably move on after this season, um, which is why I think it would be great if he gets a chance to, to, to play for another World Series. Um, but yeah, for me, he's somebody that I think the Dodgers move on from, especially if they have bigger plans where they're going to apply more money in the not-so-distant future. Yeah, I if the Dodgers don't get Shohei, maybe they bring him back, but he's definitely going to cost at least double what he's making this year. David Peralta. Peralta for me is kind of in the same boat. Like I felt like he was a one-year kind of rental to be completely honest. Um and for me it's kind of the same kind of the same thing. Yeah, again that's a tough one. I I feel like the Dodgers could bring him back if the price is right enough, but I don't know if you want to bring back a veteran guy when you can just probably get it out of a young rookie, but I I've been surprised with the David Peralta that we've gotten this, this season, Jason Hayward. Uh, Jason Hayward's a fun one because so, I mean, so, so Hayward's 34. If the Dodgers win, I would not be shocked if maybe he called it. And that's not for me to say, I don't, I don't know, Yeah, but, Considering where he was not very long ago and considering how good he's been this year with the Dodgers, is that something you go out on or is that something to completely revitalize a career? I mean, he's 34. We've seen guys play much longer than that. There are older players on the team. So I'm not saying that that he's going to retire. I'm not saying he should retire. I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers won and maybe he did. But again, yeah, I, I feel like that's one where the Dodgers maybe would would – explore the option of, of bringing him back again. I mean, he's making what 720,000 this year. So he's not making very much. Um, and he's been an absolute steal for the Dodgers. So again, if you can get him on a, on a similar deal, I say, why not regardless of, you know, how long he wants to play or how long that deal is. Um, but again, I think that he's earned a significant salary increase. Um, yeah. Next year, regardless of where he's at. I mean, when you just look at OPS Plus as a whole, this was tied for his third best season of his career 
OPS plus of yeah. 117. He was fantastic and still played really, really good defense out in right field. So I, I'd be fine if the Dodgers brought him back. I'm sure he'd come back on a very cheap deal. I don't think the Dodgers could get the bargain of $700,000, but I feel like they can get like a one-year, $5 million, one-year, $6 million deal to bring him back. I would actually be in favor of it because, again, I, I think he's been great. He's been a, a very, very surprising decision for the Dodgers. Those are kind of like only really the big ones. There's a couple of other smaller names that are going to be free agents at the end of the year, but nothing too spectacular. Josh, one final question, and this one's kind of a fun one because after seeing this, I looked up his numbers. Big E wants to know or actually says, please tell me that Austin Barnes will not see any time behind the plate. Now, upon reading this, I was thinking, yeah, I'd prefer if Austin Barnes didn't see that much time behind the plate. But Josh, I looked up Austin Barnes' numbers over the last couple of months. This is actually insane to me. Going back all the way to July the July 26th, more than two months ago, Josh, what if I were to tell you that Austin Barnes, since July 26th, is hitting 292 with an OPS just below 800? Yeah. Um, he's been good, man. That bobblehead night did something for Austin Barnes. <laughs> um, it did. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not opposed to it. Obviously, I feel like having Will Smith start is the better option. I think, obviously, if you want to start Barnes and put Will Smith at DH, I'd be okay with that too. But then again, you're bumping somebody else who's been reliable out of the lineup in that sense. So. It would not be my preferred lineup composition choice. Um, but again, I feel like he's an option. Um, and, and he's proven yeah. that he can be one too. So because I if you look, if you look at what he did this season, ultimately he hit 180. Um, if you look back to where he was in June, he was hitting yeah. below 100. He was hitting below 100 and he ends the season at 180. Like it doesn't seem like an increase. It is a massive increase. Yeah. The way that he's played over the last two months, the fact that he's hitting just below 300 over the course of the last two months is mind-boggling. So yeah. I don't I don't totally agree with the sentiment that he should not be playing in the postseason. He is not my preferred starting catcher option. I will say that outright. But Austin Barnes has turned into a decent a decent option coming off the bench. And again, like He's had a few big hits in the last couple of years in the playoffs. Too. Yeah. So, so, so I don't know. I don't know. Josh, before we wrap things up, do you want to play one quick game? Sure. All right, Josh. The game is called since July 26th. And you're just going to tell me since July 26th, who has been better. So Josh, since July 26th, who has the better batting average, Austin Barnes or Will Smith? I mean, I'm going to say Austin Barnes. That is correct. Austin Barnes hitting 292, Will Smith hitting 223. All right, Josh, since July 26th, who has the higher on-base percentage, Austin Barnes or Will Smith? I'm going to go with Austin Barnes. That is correct again. Austin Barnes on-base percentage of 358, Will Smith on-base percentage of 307. All right, Josh, since July 26th, who has the higher slugging percentage, Austin Barnes or Will Smith? See, I feel like this one I feel like is actually Will Smith, but for the sake of the game, I'm going to say Austin Barnes. You are correct, Josh. Austin Barnes, slugging percentage of 417 compared to Will Smith, slugging percentage of 364. And we'll wrap this wow. up, Josh, with one final one. Since July 26th, who has the higher OPS, 
Austin Barnes or Will Smith? Well, I feel like I'm going to have to well, – I also, I feel like I could have just done the math right there real quick, but I'm going to go with Austin just, Barnes. Just added the two up real quick. Use that ASU math, Josh. But you're correct. Austin Barnes, OPS of 775 since July 26th. Will Smith, 671. So, granted, uh, Will Smith has twice as many games played, but Austin Barnes has been better for over two months, Josh. Yeah, it's impressive. Put him, hit, have him hit cleanup. <laughs> have him hit cleanup. The dude's hitting 300 since July 26th, for crying out loud. So I think maybe Austin <laughs> Barnes gets a few more reps. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But Josh, that does yeah. wrap up today's episode of Inside the Ravine. We are going to have an episode later this week where we give our NLDS roster predictions and our postseason predictions as a whole for the entire thing. So make sure to stay tuned for that one. Josh, any uh, final parting words before we uh, head out for this episode? Yeah, last year our NLDS roster predictions were like exactly the same. So my guess is we're probably yeah. exactly the same again this year. I feel like we do this a lot. We should just have it be like completely random. Like, yeah, no, they're going to call up this random guy, add him to the 40 man. He'll be on the postseason roster with no big league Kyle experience. Hurt starts game one. Yes. <laughs> hey, man, if you want to have that, by all means, go for it. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that episode. That's going to be a fun one. It'll come out sometime later this week. Make sure you guys follow the show on whatever social media app you guys use. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Inside the Ravine. You guys can also watch the full episodes over on YouTube. Just search Inside the Ravine over there. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Odyssey. So wherever you guys listen to your podcast, you guys can find us there. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks for the postseason. Hopefully, unlike last year, we can have a few more episodes that go deeper into the month, but we'll have to wait and see. But make sure you stay tuned for that because it's going to be a lot of fun. For Josh Safer, this has been Blake Harris. We appreciate you guys so much for listening. And as always, enjoy the rest of your week wherever you may be.